everyone, it's Melanie Boylan here from Irish Tech News and I'm today with an incredibly amazing and fascinating gentleman. Great build up Joel, don't let us down. Um, Joel Hansen. And what I can tell you about Joel is he's a marketing advisor, a two-time TEDx speaker and a LinkedIn youth editor. It's one of the questions I've got about that. So hello, Joel. Hello and thank you for having me. Me. This is my uh, first podcast in, in your side of the world, so I'm excited to be here. Well, it's great to have you, and thank you for making the time for us as well. And I know we're quite a distance away here, you in Canada. So That's right. And uh, So I want to ask, why does LinkedIn need a youth editor? Yeah, that's a great question. So... Within my time as a student, actually at university, I helped out as a campus editor, um, sharing about how LinkedIn can be a great platform for young professionals and students. And uh, LinkedIn has a program, and other big brands have this as well, where they create youth advisory boards to gain feedback and build relationships with younger demographics. Mm -hmm. And I had the opportunity to be a part of one of those groups. And then that kind of uh, shifted into a role now where I just help on a content and support storytelling capacity. And that's just a, a voluntary support role where I do that outside of my work to um, help spread the word about the brand. Because absolutely, when I think LinkedIn, I don't think use, I've got to be honest. Um, but totally. it's a platform that anybody can use, isn't it? For sure. I mean, there's uh, around 700 million users globally. And one of the fastest growing demographics is that Gen Z uh, university graduate level. Hmm. Okay, sorry, I just needed to get that out of the way, because uh, that really quite yeah. kind of surprised me when I saw that on your profile. Now, I've got to ask, okay, what makes you think that the current climate of digital right now, in your opinion, is unique? Yeah, it's a great question. I think one of the biggest pinpoints that, you know, provide data on this world being unique is how people are essentially creating their own communities, careers, and, you know, passion projects through just being uh, on social media. And I think we're having, you know, youth in high school, or people in their 30s or 40s radically shift their career and how they spend their time mm -hmm. because of a result of how they've cultivated a community on social media. Um, I don't have the exact stats on how big the passion economy is, but I believe it's around five to $10 billion of you know, passionate social me media creators that are creating a living through what they're doing. And it's kind of turning this career model on its head when you have young people that are unqualified making a living by typing on a phone or on a laptop, but behind the scenes, they're creating an incredible value system that companies have never done before. So it's definitely in your opinion, because when I initially think of passion projects like that, I think of maybe five, six years ago when it was travel bloggers, you know, mm. getting paid to go across and, and 
blog their journey and you know they'd get sponsored stuff so it's moved well beyond that now and it's become a whole sort of development all by itself a whole standing by itself is that what you believe yeah i would say so and i believe it looks different for each industry but if you're able to look within your own industry i think it can be inspiring to see how these people are flipping models kind of on their their head so to speak mm. and how they're bringing in different sorts of value and innovation within a an older model that hasn't been done before so you specialize in brand um you know in branding in general personal branding don't you so do you feel it's down to their personal branding that's created this movement in the first place yeah i think personal branding in simpler terms, I think is really just how you're known as a person or professional mm. online when, when no one's around you. And I think, you know, Jeff Bezos would say, I think he's quoted, it's what people talk about when you're not in the room. And I think those times that we're not in a room, but people are talking about us is only exponentially growing. You know, you have this podcast, you have these these articles and the hope is that people are talking about you when you're not having to be in the room mm. and I think if you're able to control or maybe a better word is uh, develop a narrative that you're associated with or a story that you belong to mm -hmm. I think that could only help people better understand what you stand for in the professional world. Absolutely. So it's top of mind, isn't it? You're the first person people think of when a certain phrase or a word is said. That's correct. Yeah. And then I think what that also does, Melanie, for your listeners that are curious, is it helps speed up the rate at which someone can trust you or the content that you deliver. And so if you're someone that they've never heard of, it can be difficult to break that barrier for a conversation. Mm. But if you're a friend of a friend or you're on a, a podcast that someone knows, it builds that friendly trust muscle, I think, in our brains that proves to that person that you're someone they could have a conversation with. Sorry, I just had to write down trust muscle. That was yeah. a great <laughs> couple of words there. Um, I love that. <laughs> so... Previously, you know, back when I was young, um, people <laughs> people would obviously have to meet each other, shake hands, you know, maybe make a phone call, that sort of thing. And social media has reduced the levels of actual physical contact that people do. Mm. And obviously even more so right now um, as we're going through a pandemic and we can't see each other anyway. Um, so how do you think um, personal branding can be you know, effectively used by the smaller business owner? Because we have all sorts of people reading our content from, you know, large CEOs, multinational businesses, right down to sole trader. And, you know, these large multinationals have got big budgets, they've got separate teams. So what can we do for the little guy, Joel, in your opinion, that will help them build up their own personal brand and support them through this incredibly tough time? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I think if I was to break it down in a couple tactical points, people could use this weekend or whenever they're listening to this. I think the first point is getting very clear 
on your why statement as a person and as a professional. Mm. You know, your, your why statement, Melanie, is going to be a lot different than mine, but we should both have that down in one sentence, preferably. And the hope is that as you talk, start to talk on social media or as you build out a personal brand, everything you share about should point back to that why statement for who you are. The second one would be start creating goals or initiatives that inspire you as a person, um, whether that's starting a podcast or pivoting careers, getting a promotion, starting a newsletter, figure out those projects that have been on your to-do list, but you've pushed off for the last couple months mm. and see how you can use a personal brand to bring you closer to that goal. The third one would be have a conversation with a mentor or direct report. I think it can be difficult to build a social media presence sometimes when you're under pressure at work or you don't have anyone to hold you accountable. And so I say flip that on its head and start with that at your next meeting with a mentor or direct report. Say, you know, hey, so-and-so, this is a goal of mine and I'm actually wanting to see how it can push forward results at work through this unique year. Can we try this and let me know if I can report back to you in a month? Or maybe to a mentor, you say, hey, I'm wanting to try this out. Do you know of any introductions or friends in this space that I could chat over some ideas with? Mm. Um, those would be my three tips to get people going. No, they're excellent. Um, in the past, I've personally used an accountability partner um, because mentors tend mm. to want to do a lot more with you than just be accountable. Um, and mm -hmm. I've got a Slovakian friend, uh, same business as me. Um, but obviously she's in Slovakia and I'm here in Ireland and you know mm. we keep each other accountable we speak to each other once a month and we sort of kind of you know, have you done it <laughs> and you know so we we kind of do it that way and then we send emails back and forth as well um, but I love those three tops um, you know tips there to get people you know on the personal brand steps let's say so totally this week um which isn't fair because this podcast will last forever. But this week you put out um, on YouTube a really nice TED talk about humanity in social media. Um, and I, maybe I'm a bit jaded, Joel, but a lot of people find humanity on social media extremely hard to achieve. Um, there is a level of authenticity that we can all hope for <laughs> um but with the amount of contact that we all have on social media these days there's nothing humane about what we see um you know climate change terrorism how do you maintain that level of positivity on an ongoing basis mm, great question i think a topic that would come to mind for me would be uh, the power of curation um, in, in a digitally noisy world, you know, we're getting bombarded with messages and thoughts on a continuous, continual basis. And I think as we mature, we have a, a responsibility to evaluate the buckets of information that we're listening to. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I would challenge people to say, you know, firstly, what mental state 
are you viewing the social media with? Are, are things going on okay as a person emotionally, you know, physically, things like that, like making sure you're in a good state. Mm. And then the second point would be, how are you curating these messages? Are you someone that's never unfollowed anyone in the last five, 10 years of your life? Um, is your feed full of negative voices that don't actually align with you as a person? And then thirdly, um, understand that there's a difference to creating content versus just consuming and maybe challenging yourself to say, how could I create a piece of content that inspires my family or friends or the community that I'm in versus continuing to listen to a message that makes me think more negatively about the world. And to, to finish, I, I think there's, of course, a balance. I, I, I don't think we should tune out to messages that aren't important. I think those are really important to listen to, you know, politics, climate change, the world, technology. But I think if all we're doing is listening and we're not actually engaging with our community or sharing things that inspire us, I think it kind of debilitates our creativity as humans. Um, so those would kind of be my three. Make sure your mental state is in a good place. Make sure you're curating the messages that you're listening to. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, challenge yourself to see if there's maybe something you could share and grow in your creativity skills as a result. My God, you're good, Joe. Just a heads up to those who are listening to this podcast. I didn't give him these questions in advance. <laughs> these are all done on the spot. That was a fantastic response to quite a challenging question. Um, <laughs> no, genuinely, I have total respect for you there. So, um, so in your opinion, what platforms, now I know you have to be um, obviously an element of bias, but I'm talking to you as a marketing advisor here now. So try and drop the bias mm -hmm. if you can. Mm -hmm. What platforms do you think lead the market to sale in your opinion? Mm. Can you repeat it one more time? What social media platforms lead the market to sale, in your opinion? Mm. I think, for me, it would likely be LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I, I think um, in my years, you know, growing in my career and, you know, being a business development manager and presenting and, and pitching and meeting with uh, uh, decision makers, I think LinkedIn kind of has uh, a Rolodex, a community and features that really are untapped by most of the professional market. And so I think that's why I'd place them as number one. Um, the other thing is the content feed is the most unsaturated of all the platforms. And so if you share a message on Twitter, Instagram, um, or Facebook, you're competing with over, you know, a billion people mostly. Um, and LinkedIn still is under that billion membership mark. And so you have a stronger likelihood of being heard, getting a meeting and moving closer to your goal. Now, can I be um, naughty here? Go for <laughs> it. We're introducing a younger generation to LinkedIn. Are they going to be treating LinkedIn the same way they treat Facebook and Instagram and Twitter? Or will it be 
continually treated as a platform for professional debate and conversation and or is it going to be we're going to start seeing pictures of kittens and what we had for lunch coming up over the next few years in your opinion that's a great question melanie i think one of my favorite things about linkedin is the level of accountability that there is unlike any network i've been on and the reason there is accountability is because if you post something or I post something that doesn't align with the audience of education or empowerment, mm-hmm. and it's actually you know destructive or unprofessional, um, we can both go onto each other's LinkedIn, see where we work, see where your boss is, message them directly and say, Melanie or Joel just did this on the content feed (laughs) do you know that they're on your team and they're representing your brand and that I think is one of the biggest reasons why no one steps out of that zone where they know that they can become unhireable in the future because the the concern I have is it's getting very Facebookified especially with the Mm. addition of stories now and um, this week we hear that YouTube is also going to be adding um their own version of stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, are they, I know they're an extremely late adopter for a start, um, but did they really need it? I mean, we've got, we've got LinkedIn Live, we've got LinkedIn Video. Did we really need LinkedIn Stories? Yeah, I think like most platforms, people tend to enjoy different features depending on their area of interest or industry. And I think for a younger demographic, that can maybe be a bit less intimidating for them to start sharing content. And I don't necessarily think it's a bad play. I think maybe they were later to the game, but I think they still provide a really fun creative outlet for the creatives or the designers or the storytellers that might feel too intimidated to post an article, but now they can share a short snippet behind the scenes of who they are as a person. That's so funny because most people would find even short video intimidating, whereas writing, they could pour over it for days until they get it right. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of intriguing, but it's a different generation. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you which generation I am, but I'm not the same one as yours. Um, and, and simply put, you're right. It has to start meaning more to more people. Otherwise the platform will lose its relevance. Mm. but is it still being used as a as a job platform or a marketing platform or is it a combination of both or is it actually being used for something else in your opinion Mm. I think their mission at LinkedIn is to empower people with economic opportunity and I think that phrase is continuing to evolve as time goes on. I think economic opportunity has shifted in a lot of ways through the digitalization of career, through remote work, through passion projects, through the passion economy. And I believe their community value will shift as a result by how the users choose to use the platform. Um, I think the thought that LinkedIn is just a job platform is one of the biggest understatements of the year. 
um, in tech or marketing or any world of business, if you're only on there when you're looking for a job, um, you're not using the full potential of the platform. And I believe the biggest value proposition that it has is a community of people that are driven to build something bigger than themselves and the career that they're in. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're able to invest into that community, it will only continue to pay valuable dividends in five, 10, 20 years from now. So that if you need to move careers or you need to start a project because something's been put on your desk by your boss, you won't be stressed Googling late at the night because all you have to do is look into your community for the next idea. There's definitely a shift in mindset um, from, from, from people that I talk to. And I'm not just talking about my own, but from the people I talk to. Um, and the mindset that you're offering is it's always about curation. Um, I know I'm here to report what other people say. And so I'm, I'm not curating, I'm reporting, which is obviously different. But I'm also a social media trainer on my as my mm -hmm. side hustle, I suppose. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I'm, I show people how to curate as well. Um, so it's very much mindset, isn't it? How people are approaching their social media and their community. You've said community a lot, whereas a lot of people um, have, a, have a mindset, you know, it's my business, I have to promote my business and I have to think what's in it for them. But when they're saying mm. that, they're more thinking of an individual rather mm. than a community. So do you think that's that's a Gen Z thing or is that, you know, is it a shift that everybody's doing in your opinion? Yeah, that's a, that's a fascinating question. I think how we do business and how we do our career is dependent on our upbringing, right? Our family, our university, our career uh, employment history. But I think on social media, there has been a shift of leading with who you are versus what you've done. Mm -hmm. And that kind of turning the qualifications on you know, upside down to say, I can have a conversation because of who I am as a person versus can we have a conversation because I lead and manage this portfolio of XYZ clients. And I think I'm a strong believer that how you market an idea speaks a lot to the brand mm. and the story of that, of that idea. And I think people are now starting to understand that how I portray myself on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn says a lot about my character and my personality. And if that's not something that aligns with me, I feel like there's an injustice there by people not wanting to be active at all. Good answer. I need to find better questions. <laughs> so what in your opinion okay um keeps you personally motivated you seem like a very positive guy but you're human just like the rest of us you know you have breakfast in the morning you wipe the sleep out of your eyes you know you do all the same things that we do but what keeps you motivated especially with the climate the way it is right now it, it, i'm sure it's not just bucks in the bank good question i think three things that would come to mind for me 
is a community that I care about. Um, you know, family, friends. I got married in September. Oh, and those congrats. are people. Thank you. Yeah. And those are people that I I champion. I, I really am excited about. I, I love catching up with them. And I think we need to invest in these solid communities outside of work and especially outside of social media. Mm. Uh, point number two would be projects and clients that push you to be better. Um, there's lots of people I look up to that I take on projects that are just outside of my comfort zone to stretch my abilities as a professional. And those are things that sometimes scare me when I say yes, but during the week, you can be sure that they keep me motivated and on my toes. Hmm. Um, point number three, I think would be having a, a goal outside of your work that um, pushes you as an individual. And that could be a family that could be, you know, a different goal uh, as a person or, or health wise. But I think you need to have something that pushes you outside of just what your KPIs or deliverables are on the work desk. Yeah. You need to keep in mind your, your own minds. Um, I think people forget, especially as a reporter, as you speak, that we are, you know, people with feelings and, you know, we have worries, we stay awake at night worrying about things. Um, and because we always have to put across the personal brands and we mm -hmm. always have to effectively market ourselves constantly. Um, I think this is why podcasts are so good because they can hear the authenticity in your voice they can hear the structure and tone of your conversation I mean they can't see our body language and you know we're, we're doing a zoom as we're doing this um, podcast so we've got the ability to see each other at least but what we write most of the time is curated thoughtfully okay mm. not just for our community but for, for us too we have to you know once it's out there it's out there <laughs> So we need to make sure it's curated correctly. So for our audience, is there any platforms that they should max out on, in your opinion, to build their personal brand? Um, and is there maybe two or three that they should be on? I know it depends on the type of industry. I, I'm well aware of that and the time that they have. But let's just talk about people who are like you, Joel. Um, successful entrepreneurs with you know a, a good standing um and you know we, we're talking about everybody from the little guy to the big guy but everybody can achieve going on social media platforms and creating podcasts what would work for you and to help these people love that question i think two that come right to mind and i'm not trying to be biased would be the first one it is linkedin and three numbers, why it should be LinkedIn. Um, almost half of LinkedIn users make over $70,000 per year. So it's a professional audience. Um, over three in five people are decision makers on the platform. And only about 5% of people are active on LinkedIn, showing Ooh. up on a consistent basis. 5%? Yeah, that's wow. correct. Yeah. And so those would be your three points for anyone listening to say you should be on LinkedIn yesterday. 
Um, the second would be go to godaddy.com or any website domain and buy your first and last name domain because that is website real estate. And if you're in the business world, you know the value of real estate. And if you're able to own the keywords of your personal name, that is a huge investment in your career. And so I would recommend the second spot would be to build your own website where you can host your own um, experience or thoughts or whatever it might be in the future. Cool. So, I mean, you could actually have each of the segments that we mentioned as your LinkedIn underneath your personal website, couldn't you? Be separate pages. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Very few people do that, actually. Yeah. And I think it may be more in the, the journalism, marketing tech world Mm. but um yeah it really depends on your arena and kind of what your friends and and colleagues are doing I think okay so I've got to ask you um you're a market leader in your you know in the future what do you think the the trends are going to be for personal branding Mm. I think I would want to place a bet on video continuing to, to grow and scale. The second thing I believe will likely be more guardrails on privacy or advertisements. And so I think the organic communities we have will only increase in value. Um, and then I think a third prediction will likely be um, some sort of maybe image or video that that comes to mind when you connect with someone online. And I think um, building out more of that personalized feel to a social media profile. Um, So maybe those would be my three. I think TikTok will become more of a business friendly platform as well. To be honest, I'm not too well versed on TikTok, so I, I don't want to speak um, like like I'm a, a well-known voice on there. But I think the patterns that we can identify from TikTok success is that the shorter the attention span of how <laughs> grab how fast you can grab someone's attention, that is a pattern. And if you, you can cultivate that on other social media platforms there's no doubt that you'll build a community and a following around your brand or your idea. That was almost insulting there, Joe. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, yeah, the short attention span of people watching TikTok. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because they're all doing it as well, because, you know, in, Instagram Reels is doing it as well. Um, mm-hmm. Prior to that, the shortest thing you could get on Instagram was Boomerang. Um mm. And I'm still trying to explain that to some of the people I work with now. Um, yeah. What is the point of boomerang? Hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's very much um, a person's own market these days. All of these mm. goals are achievable by ordinary mortals. You don't need to be a billionaire techpreneur to achieve any of these goals, do you? Not at all. Um, so... Uh, We'll go through the tips um, 
in you know in some of the content that we're sharing later on um but I'm, I'm still sticking with this muscle this uh trust muscle i think that's such a great phrase and that's essentially what you've been building for the last few years so joel if anybody wants to learn any more about you how do they find your details yeah i'm pretty available on on the social media platforms so linkedin twitter and youtube if you search joel hansen marketing or um on ted Dot com you can look up Joel Hansen TED Talk mm -hmm. and uh, you can find more about me there. Well thank you so much for your time today. Um, I've really learned a huge amount and you seem to have points of three. I've noticed that every time you come back with your answer you've got three points. There's quite a, quite a bit of skill has gone into these answers I have to say. Um, so thank you again for your time and we hope to catch up with you another time. Of course. Thanks again for having me and uh, really excited to hear the feedback from your listeners. We hope you enjoyed that podcast and we will be bringing you more across as diverse and interesting a range of stories as we can find. You're welcome to reach out to us on Twitter, LinkedIn or by email and give us any feedback and let us know what you'd like us to cover in the future. Thanks and keep listening.